Morning, everybody. We are so glad that you are with us this morning. We know that uh, there's been some technical stuff kind of going on. Uh, thank you for hanging in there with us. Uh, and if you uh, want to, you can actually switch over to YouTube, uh, and uh, they may post a link there. Uh, if you're on watching on Facebook right now, they may post a link in that feed as to what that looks like, how to get there. But uh, uh, but yeah, we have a, a YouTube channel, and, and you can you can see us on that live. Actually, watch it on your TV uh, if you prefer to do that, and that may work better than Facebook. I know a lot of people right now, a lot of churches. I've I've been I may mention this last week. I've been uh, actually kind of even coaching a few other pastors that have never had live streams of their services before. Uh, not that I know much about it, but. Uh, just through some of the basics and simple things of uh, just trying to figure out what it looks like to do that. And so uh, a lot of churches are doing that, so uh, it does not surprise me that on a Sunday morning right now it's uh, it's going to be a little more overwhelmed than normal, uh, especially in these upcoming weeks when a lot of people are just figuring out how to how to do this. So, uh, But uh, anyway, we are glad that you're with us. Thank you so much for hanging with us. My name's Chris. I'm one of the pastors here at 24. And uh, man, just... Uh, uh, another another week of this craziness uh, going on, um, and uh, you know Ben mentioned this earlier. Uh, we we are here for you guys. If you need us for anything, if we can minister to you in any way, if you have some kind of need, um, even if you don't think that we could meet that need or whatever, uh, maybe we could help with it in some way, shape, or form. And and maybe you don't know that, but uh, it's worth throwing out there. So uh, you know, reach out to us. Let us know if there's anything that we can do for you. Be praying for you about. You just need to talk. You just need somebody to talk to and chat with. You know, we we're glad to glad to uh, talk with you and and you know that kind of thing too. Glad to talk on the phone. Uh, I know that's a that's a, a lost art these days. People talking on phones. People people stare at phones more than they talk on phones nowadays. Who who would have ever thunk it, right? But uh, anyway, we uh, we we, we want to be here for you. Want to minister to you. Uh, we love you guys. We miss you. We miss being together as the church. Uh, and uh, but we are grateful that we can do this this way. And so, uh, thank you for uh, joining in with us to worship with us this morning. Uh, before I jump into this, I just want to make quick mention that man, Easter is coming. I mean, Easter is coming in two weeks. How crazy is that? Uh, two weeks. And uh, I have seen, heard uh, all kinds of of craziness with that. But uh, I saw uh, I saw Jill this week uh, looking, uh, checking out some nice Easter dresses. If uh, if you need help with an Easter dress, apparently she knows uh, where to find those, and uh, was posting pictures of that. Uh, also, uh, one of our guys here at church uh, mentioned to me during the week this past week, Joe Henry that uh, he would really like to borrow my yellow shirt from you. Uh, we have a good Friday service on that Friday, as we normally do, and then, and then also we'll have, uh, obviously, an Easter uh, broadcast uh, at this point. It, it's what it's looking like, uh, and I think we're planning for that uh, officially. But uh, uh, the, uh, uh, the theme of Easter this year is Same Jesus. We, uh, the band just, just played and sang that song, Same Jesus. And, uh, you know, we had kind of... Uh, we'll be talking about the resurrection, uh, and 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 at the end of the day, that Jesus is still the same. No matter what's going on in the world, Jesus is still the same. How how amazing is that? Uh, and man, I, I cling to those types of truths uh, in days like these. So uh, anyway, we we're glad that you're with us this morning. Uh, I tell you what, I, I'd like to pray for us before we get into this passage. Let's do that right now. God, I, I just pray over uh, your word. And, and Lord, I, I pray that you would lead us through it this morning, God, that you would speak to us through it. God,
God, it's your word. And uh, God, I pray, Lord, that, uh, that we would see and hear from you, Lord, what you want us to see and what you want us to hear. Uh, God, change us as, you, as only you can do and as you are so good at doing. Lord, I pray, uh, Lord, even this morning, Lord, as, as we sit, as we watch from our living rooms, our bedrooms, wherever we may be listening in a car, uh, God, that we would, we would be focused on you and allow you to speak to our hearts today uh, and, uh, and change us, uh, Lord, to make us more like you. Lord, thank you for what you've done for us. Thank you for Jesus. We ask all this in your son's name. Amen. So, uh, this morning, uh, we are looking at four verses out of Colossians chapter 3, uh, the first four verses of Colossians chapter 3 to be exact, uh, and even to go back to that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read just a little bit of the end, uh, part of the end of, of chapter 2, and we'll get to that here in just a minute. Uh, I am trying to, uh, you know, do a little bit of the, uh, uh, you know, keeping up with what's going on live here, so if you want to say hi to me, that's fine or whatever. It's, uh, it is on a bit of a delay, too, so I don't always see it right away, but uh, uh, thank you for tuning in, uh, and, and I appreciate, I personally appreciate the interaction or whatever, so uh, even if you just want to say, hey, we're watching, you know, whatever, you know, put it up there, post it up there, uh, my understanding is that even helps, you know, other people to see it when you comment on it and things like that, so algorithms, uh, I know nothing about that. So anyway, uh, but yeah, let's, let's look at this passage. And I'm going to go back. I'm going to read another verse out of chapter 2 here in just a second. And, uh, and we will, uh, we'll, we'll look at this together. Uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. Colossians 3, verse 1. It says this. We're going to read all four verses here. It says, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth, for you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So, man, that's a, that's a, that's a fantastic passage. Um, this passage is on the heels of of what Paul has been leading uh, the folks at Colossae through. And Paul is definitely changing gears here uh, in this passage as well. Uh, we see Paul changing gears from uh, where he's been very focused about teaching of, of uh, kind of warning and how to fend off false teaching and maybe more specifically a specific false teacher or false teachers that uh, have been, you know, kind of hanging around in Colossae and, and the people of Colossae trying to figure out what is the truth. And so Paul here is is trying has been trying to help them to learn what the truth is. You gotta you gotta think. This is the beginning of the early church. They are literally just beginning to figure out some of these things about who Jesus is, what what Jesus has done. I mean, just that alone. Let's just face it. I mean, that that was a huge thing to overcome. And as you can imagine, unlike you know, for us where we've had the Bible for you know a, lo- a long time now, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, uh, they did not have all of Scripture. They had the law. They had so many things, and they had the predictions. You know, all all of the Old Testament pointing forward to Jesus coming. They had the predictions of all that. They had the uh, the prophecies of all that coming and that all that happening. 
But then to like, you know, put two and two together, you know, is not not so easy. And there was plenty of people, as as there always as there always is, there's always people. Uh, in fact, I remember when we first started the church, one of the things that uh, I remember having other people that had started churches talking to me and other other seasoned pastors had talked to me about the thought and the fact that, Chris, there will always be people uh, who want to be, uh, you know, the big fish in the small pond or whatever it is, you know, that they're looking for a place where they can go and kind of be heard because they're looking for a stage. Uh, and so, uh, and we, we've had to fend a few of those off over the years. The Lord has really protected us with a lot of that. Uh, but a lot of those folks, a lot of times, <clears throat> you may say, well, Chris, what if, what if they've got something good to say, you know, about, you know, Scripture of the Lord? I, I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about the people who have some type of ulterior motive here, uh, like a false teacher. Uh, and maybe they even mean well. Maybe they don't even realize that, that what, they're, what they're trying to teach or what they're trying to get at uh, isn't biblical or scriptural, uh, you know, but the truth is, is that, that as a shepherd and as pastors, we're called shepherds, and as shepherds, we're supposed to protect the flock. And so uh, that, that's been just one of those pieces along the way. And so, you know, Paul is very much doing that for the early church right here in Colossae, although he's not in Colossae. He's, he has sent this letter uh, back with Paphroditus and all this uh, so that they could, and he's been told firsthand of what was going on, so that they could hear from this person who had great respect. And Paul had great respect for the, with these people uh, because of the great life change that he had received uh, from, from Jesus himself after Jesus had risen and, and then gone back to be with the Father and all this, I mean, just crazy, you know, go look, wrote, wrote to Damascus type stuff uh, in the book of Acts. That's where you'll see what happened to Paul. Uh, up until that point, Paul, Paul was not a Christian. Paul was not following Jesus. He wasn't concerned with things of the Lord necessarily. He, he, was, a, he was, in fact, a Christian killer at that point. Uh, and so working for the government and all this kind of stuff, and so uh, Paul, Paul changed. You know, Paul, Paul became uh, one of the good guys, and uh, the Lord began to use him to do great things like help uh, encourage people and help keep pointing people to truth, specifically uh, Christ-centered truth. And that's what, the, that's what the book of Colossians is really all about. And so even here, uh, as, as we kind of make a turn in this book, the book of Colossians, one of the things that we're seeing is that this turn is really still centered around Jesus, still centered around Christ, uh, and, and becomes more application uh, as, we, as we start rolling through uh, chapters 3 and 4. And, and, and man, the theology is, is thick and it's deep and all that. And so anyway, we've, we've, got, we've got many weeks still left to go in this, but uh, um, as we go along, I pray that the Lord speak to your heart through it. Well, this, this passage today, great, great example of this. Paul's writing in into chapter 3, of course it weren't chapters back then, it was just one letter, um, out of what he was just saying in chapter 2, which is, you know, he was kind of finishing up this, you know, warning of the false teacher thing, and, and with the false teacher thing, uh, you know, what that looked like and, and how to handle some of those things and what truth is and, and what to cling to and really clinging to Jesus and that sort of thing. And one of the last points that he makes in chapter 2 that I love, and, and I want to read it to you, and it's verse 20 chapter 2, and it says this, it says, if with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations? And so he's, he's bringing up, he's bringing up this, this, you know, this statement of, you know, if you died with Christ, 
then why are you still participating in the things of the world and worried about the things of the world uh, and, and submitting to the things of the world as if you haven't been changed? And, and I know it's easy for us to read something like that and say, well, you know, that, you know, that doesn't really apply to me. That was, that was them back then. They were just figuring things out. No, I, th- I think this very much applies to us today because we are so good sometimes at being so bad at following Jesus. We fall back into things in this life all the time. You say, Chris, you're probably about to start talking about sin or whatever. Uh, yeah, sin's a part of that. But, you know, a lot of what happens is, is sometimes it's, it's, it's the things in our heart that lead us to those things. It's the fears that we have in this world that, that, that you know, I, sometimes I, I wonder, you know, myself, like, does the Lord just think, Chris, you're an idiot sometimes, uh, you know, with how easily you fall back into being afraid of a moment. I mean, like, hey, this moment right now in time is one of these crazy, crazy moments. Who, who could have who written this? I mean, it's nuts, you know, I mean, it's just crazy to me. I, and, and, and so for us, in moments like this, uh, to be reminded that Jesus doesn't change and that God doesn't change and, and his promises for us don't change and that he still got this and all that, you know, and, I, and listen, I, I, please know that I, I, I'm not uh, belittling any situation that anybody may be going through. I know there's some crazy situations right now just within people that I know of, uh, of things that they're dealing with right now and, and people losing jobs and, and, and all kinds of stuff. Uh, there's a lot of stuff. And, and, then, and then there's a lot of people that are doing great. And I think at the end of the day, when we recognize that our happiness isn't based on getting what we want, but in trusting in the Lord and putting our hope and our faith in Jesus, then it changes everything for us. And so Paul here is making that statement in verse 20. If, you, if, if, if with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, why as, if you, uh, why as if you were still alive in the world do you submit to regulations? And he, and he goes into some other things there. Uh, but he's, he's making this larger point of, you know, why are, why are you so still ingrained in what is here and now? Why is it shaking you? And that's a great question for us to ask today, especially leading into this passage this morning. This passage this morning, um, you know, is is amazing. In fact, let's just go ahead and read verse 1. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. If then you have been raised with Christ, so this is very similar to what Paul was just saying in verse 20 of chapter 2, right? Uh, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Let me, let me tell you what. This is a truth that we desperately need right now. This is a truth that we desperately need right now. That we would seek the things that are above. If you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. I, you know, I think right now in, in time, because of the things going on, one of the things that we could ask, one of the questions we could ask is to say, uh, what, what should we do? How should we, how should we pursue, uh, you know, what's going on? How should, we, how should we act as Christians or whatever it is? Look, I, I, think, I think this is a very basic elemental tr- uh, elementary truth. 
of, uh, of what God has called us to do, no matter what's going on, and it's as good for us right now as it's good for any time. What it says right there, seek, seek. So that's the verbiage of something that we can actually do. What are we supposed to seek? Seek the things that are above. Now, why can we do this? Why can we seek the things that are above right now uh, in, in the midst of whatever might be going on in our lives? Uh, and and this, is, this is good for us anytime, uh, no matter what's going on in history. Um, if then, we can seek because, if then, we have been raised with Christ. If you know Jesus, if you have put your trust in him, if, if you have trusted in him to forgive you of your sin, to make you new, we'll talk about that in just a minute, to make you new, to make you a new creation, then guess what? You have been adopted into the family of God, and you have been raised with Christ, raised with Christ in his resurrection, which means we have the ability to seek the Lord. We don't need a priest to seek the Lord. We don't need a pastor to seek the Lord. At any given point in the day, any day of the week, we can seek the Lord. We get to have a relationship with him. This is an amazing thing for us. And it says, then, if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. What are we seeking? What are you seeking right now? What am I seeking right now? Everybody, everybody of course, wants answers to things going on uh, in society and in culture right now and all that kind of stuff. But, but let's back up from that a little bit. What are we seeking spiritually? You say, well, Chris, I don't know that I'm really seeking anything spiritually right now. Well, maybe you should. Maybe you should. Maybe God has set you down for a moment in your life, caused things to be calmer. You may say, well, Chris, I'm still going to work. I, that's fine. Great. Be, know that you're blessed to get to do that. I, I know that I'm blessed to get to do that, uh, that we can still get to go to work. But, but let's face it, life has changed a little bit right now. And, and even in that... Even in those changes where maybe we're alone more and that kind of thing, I mean, like, what, what better truth for us today to hear than we should seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God? Man, God is using this time in history in so many people's lives to renew his relationship with them. Don't miss that. Don't miss that. Don't make yourself so busy, like looking to be busy because you're not as busy as you normally are, that you miss this season of, of maybe just a little more calm and maybe a little bit of being still and spending time with the Lord and allowing Him to work through this moment in time, in history, in your life. Now, Paul says something there. In describing Jesus, he says, seek the things that are above where Christ is, okay, seated at the right hand of God. Now, he, he makes this statement here uh, that, that Paul is, is really, you know, he's taking this from elsewhere in Scripture. First of all, we see it in Psalm 110. Uh, in fact, we've got that right now. Uh, Psalm 110, verse 1, just, just one verse. The Lord, says to my, uh, the Lord says to my Lord, Set at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord says to my Lord, what? The Lord says to my Lord, what? This is, this is the Father talking to the Son. 
I mean, sometimes I just wonder, like, what would it have been like to have been David and God to have, like, spoken to you and through you to have written something like that? Like, did he even, even remotely have any inkling of, like, the gravity of that? The Lord says to my Lord, set at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. That passage was a prophecy of Christ to come and what Christ would do and that Christ would sit at the right hand of God and that he was sitting at the right hand of God. So in this, in this and then you, you, you go in a, you can go, if you, want, if you want to look up more of those passages, uh, just look up uh, set at my right hand or something and you can Google that and you'll find all kinds of passages of Scripture. Uh, one of those, even Jesus references uh, this actual, you know, passage, Luke twenty two sixty nine. if you want to go look that up. Um, you know, and in that, you know, I'm just, I'm challenged with the thought that I'm so into myself, my life, my family, my house, my work, my relationships, that I think sometimes we forget and, and, and miss, you know, what God has been preparing all along to happen, which was that he would send his son to die, that he would leave his right, sand, right hand, come down to earth, give his life, be the perfect, the, the perfect sacrifice for us, uh, and, and then in him, and trusting in him, and believing in him, that he would take our sin to the cross and die the death that we deserve for our sin. How huge is that? And here Paul's just saying, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Such an awesome statement. And, and Paul's just trying to help us to be reminded of, of, of how great this whole thing is that God has devised from day one. We are called to seek. How do we seek? How do you seek? Pray. Pray. How much, how much, how much time in prayer have you spent this week? How much time have you spent going to the Lord taking things to him, things that are on your heart, uh, asking him to inter intercede in the lives of others, asking him to provide wh whatever it may be, uh, telling him how amazing he is, telling him how great he is. Like, look, look, at, the, uh, look at the Lord's Prayer. Look at that model of like what, it, what it's like. It's not, it's not all, hey, God, I need this, I need that. You know, a whole lot of that in the very beginning starts out with like, God, you, you are amazing. You're wonderful. And you know what? There's something that happens when we pray those truths to God. It's not that God needs to hear that from us. He, he understands something about us and how he created us that it is good for us to be reminded, and we are reminded of those things even as we pray those things, as those things leave our lips. Something amazing happens in those moments where we spend that time with the Lord. We need to seek the things that are above we need to seek the things that are above. Kent Hughes says this, says, This seeking ought to pervade our conversations, friendships, studies, work, even our play. And when it does, it will enhance our fullness in Christ. That's, that's so good. That's so good. You see, our seeking the Lord shouldn't just be a quiet time we do 
once a day or once a week or whatever it is. Our seeking the Lord should be a part of our daily lives, our daily routines. That it, that it as he puts it, that, that it would pervade all of these things, all of our conversations, friendships, studies, work, even our play. First two. First two right here, Colossians 3, 2. It says, set your minds on things that are above. So this sounds very similar, right? See, we had in verse 1, seek the things that are above. Then in verse 2 it says, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Now, this is, this is hard for all of us, you know. Uh, you know, we've got seeking, we've got setting. Uh, seeking is the act of, of going after, pursuing our relationship with Jesus, right? Uh, setting, a little bit different here, uh, but it's also verbiage as to something we can actually do. And setting our minds, that's, that's, a, that's a decision. That is like, you know, we're going to be intentional. We're going to set our minds on things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. It's earthbound ambitions versus eternal ambitions. Earthbound ambitions versus eternal ambitions. Now, we're, we're called. We're called to, to, to set our mind on the things above. We're called to have eternal ambitions. I got into this conversation uh, a week or two ago, I think, with uh, some of my guys who meet on Tuesday nights for Bible study. Uh, and to check on each other and that kind of thing. And uh, in, in that time together, the, the conversation was just being had, and it's a conversation I've had, so earthbound ambitions and how ambitious that we can be. Uh, and, 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 and I could tell, like, the question was being asked really almost with a little bit of guilt to kind of come along with it. And guilt's not always bad, uh, and it's not always good. Uh, you know, so sometimes you got to kind of weigh, like, what, what's going on with this? Because sometimes guilt is really conviction and that kind of thing. And so, um, you know... Where, where we got in the conversation was, you know, when do we know it's too much? When do we know that we, you know, we shouldn't have, you know, so much stuff or, you know, be constantly working or, you know, what, whatever it may be? Like, what does that look like for us? And I think for us uh, to recognize where our heart is with that conversation, where our heart is with that subject, I think speaks more than anything. If, if that is a concern for us, and I had someone say this to me years ago when I basically was asking them the same question. They were coaching me uh, at a time when I was working on a master's degree. And, uh, and, and, and they said to me, Chris, the fact that you're asking the question shows me that your heart has not been given over to nothing but earthly ambitions. And and you know and I told and I told the person I was talking to the other night about this. You know I think I don't think God made us as people and especially as men. Uh, I really believe uh, we're wired differently, and Scripture teaches that. Uh, and it's not a one's better than the other. It's just we've been made in in different ways and are both awesome. Uh, and uh, but especially as men, we've been wired that that we would go out and that we would. Uh, provide for our families. Now that that comes in different ways, and I've made that joke in you know years past or whatever. Sometimes that ends up coming out uh, in boys wanting to conquer video games. But that conquering thing is there, and that conquering thing was put in us that we would grow up and be men and not boys. And we'll talk more about that in the weeks to come too. Um, that we would grow up and that we would follow the Lord and that we would take care of our families. We would go out and work hard for them and that kind of thing. I'm not saying that uh, ladies can't do that or whatever. And you, you know, you understand what I'm saying with that. I think, 
but this this whole idea that we would set our minds on this on 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 the things above that we would have eternal ambitions that's huge for us but it doesn't make it wrong for us to have an earthly ambition uh, and so it's okay to have an earthly ambition it's just whether or not uh, those things become the things that are the uh, idol on our altar? That uh, Are they the things that we adore? Are they the things that we worship? Are they the things that completely consume our minds? You know, and, and I think that, I think that that's, that's the question. Uh, you know, for me personally, you know, I, I do a lot of ministry uh, where I'm talking to people a lot about Jesus and, and, and ministry and all those types of things. And for me, sometimes I need to unplug from uh, my work, just like anybody else needs to do with their work. Um, and, and I can do that alone with the Lord. And sometimes I can do that alone with the Lord or with other people in the Lord while doing other things that I enjoy such as going to a car show or, uh, you know, my, my, latest, my latest thing has been uh, I got into collecting vinyl, uh, collecting records, um, you know, and so uh, it's always dangerous anytime I collect any, pick up any new collection of anything that I'm going to start collecting something uh, because I really, I, I, I love to collect uh, things and, and, and it's silly, you know, but what I've, what I've really loved about what I've really loved about that uh, is, number one, it's been cheaper than a lot of the other things I've collected, which I appreciate. Uh, but number two, I love music. And it's been awesome to get to, uh, to collect some of these albums uh, that I've grown up loving and then be able to go back and listen to them now on vinyl. Just, and, and it's like an excuse to like sit there with it. And, and to not jump up and go do one of the 15 things that I need to be doing or whatever, uh, but to just sit there for a minute or even to listen to an album through. Uh, you know, as many artists, you know, made albums to be listened to. They made, many artists over the years have made albums to be listened to as, as a whole piece, not just, hey, take this one piece or whatever out of it, this one slice out of it. Um, and so I, I just, I just, I, I've really enjoyed that. And it's, and it's been a great thing, even in this time and this season, uh, with all that's going on for just something for me to enjoy. That's not a, that's not a bad thing. It's a bad thing if it becomes the only thing that I think about. It becomes a bad thing if I make poor financial decisions for my family because I'm buying records and I'm not paying our bills. You know, that's, you, you, you see where that, you see where that, that rabbit hole goes. It, it becomes a bad thing when that becomes more important than my relationship with Jesus. God deserves that number one spot in our lives. He deserves it, and we are so much better uh, when we put him there, when he is there. Um, you know, going back to verse 2, set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. He's not talking about heavenly material things when he says the things above. Set your mind on things above. He's not, he's not saying, you know, Spend all your time thinking about all the things of heaven and what's going to happen in heaven and what's there in heaven and what you know what what's it going to where's it going to look like what's it going to look like and what's it going to be like and all that. No, he's saying set your mind on the things that are above. And I, I think to just simplify that for us in the here and now would be to say set your mind on Christ and His mission. Set your mind on Christ and His mission. So it brings up this great question for us to ask today. What are the things that are always on our minds? What are the things that are always on our minds? 
And I think if we're really honest with ourselves, the things that are always on our minds are the things that we actually worship. Is that Jesus? For most of us, if we're being real honest, we'll probably go, uh, you know, probably not. Probably not. But he wants to be there. And, and here's the beauty, is that when we enjoy Christ and our relationship in him, and when we put our love and our focus and our hope in him, all of the other things in this life become so much more enjoyable. I, I've, I've noticed as I have grown in my relationship with the Lord that I, I don't cling to earthly things like I used to. I mean, like, I, I, could cling, I could cling to earthly things like you wouldn't believe. I mean, especially, being again, coming from being the collector and all that kind of stuff, love a deal, you know, bought it for this, it's worth that, you know, all that kind of stuff. I love all that stuff, and that stuff's fun. But I've gotten to a, I've gotten to a, a point now where I really, really see in my own life that the Lord has allowed me to grow into this place where those things are things. And I'm, I'm grateful to get to enjoy them, but they are not the main. It's important for us to ask that question, what is always on my mind? What is always on my mind? That's a, that's a great gut check for us, and it's a great gut check for us this morning. I'll talk about some things to think on here in just a minute. I, don't, I, don't, I was going to read that verse, uh, a verse here in just a minute out of Philippians. I'll read that in a few minutes instead. Um, verse 3. Let's look at verse 3. It says, For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. For you have died, your Christ, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So this, this kind of comes back to, uh, you know, we, we have this understanding that in what Christ has done, we, we were taken there with him, you know, that we died with Christ, and as we died, his, the death that he died, he died for us, and our sin died in that death and was forgiven in that death and all those things, uh, and, and in being that, our life was put into Christ. Now, this being uh, this new life, okay? So when, when we come to know Jesus, when he becomes our Savior, when, when, Savior, when, he, when uh, we have believed in him and he's changed our life, one of, the, one of the great things that happen is we are given a new life. And our old life is dead. In fact, I've mentioned this previously in the past, maybe even recently, uh, but when we baptize people, one of the semblances of baptism is that there is an old life that's gone and a new life that's come. And that new life is exactly what Paul is talking about here. He says, for you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Your old life is gone. Christ took it with him. Our sin has been hidden from the Father. Now when the Father sees us, he sees Jesus. Our old life is hidden, and the Father sees his Son. And, and, here's, and here's a beautiful thing. Not only does the Father see, see Jesus when he sees us, but now the world can see Jesus in us because we have new life. Again, I make this statement a lot not just about fire, fire insurance. It's not just about whether or not we're going to heaven or hell. 
It's not just about what happens eternally. It's understanding that God is doing something with us right now, and he's changed our life. He's not just changed our life. He's given us a new one. And that's, that's amazing news for us today. And, and in that, he says, For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So hidden with Christ in God. Wow. And, and, and here's, here's a little truth for us today. Satan does not want us to believe that. He wants us to believe that we're still the old life person and that we'll never get past being the old life person and we'll never overcome those things. And those are lies. They're lies, lies, lies. God wants us to be free from that stuff. He has ripped sin from us. He has freed. He's broken the chains. He's, he's created for us something that is so amazing. The best second chance that we could ever have is found in Jesus. Verse 4. When Christ, who, and I love, I love this, I love this statement. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then also, then you also will appear with him in glory. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then also, then you also will appear with him in glory. Jesus is your life. Jesus is your life. Think, think about that statement. Like if, if I asked you, if I, if, if I was a random person, I wasn't your pastor, wasn't somebody you know, just somebody that, somebody that found you on the street, uh, let's just say a couple of weeks ago or whatever, when people were still walking around on the streets. <laughs> How crazy is that? That, uh, you know, if, 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 if someone found you and they ask you this question, what is your life? What would have been your answer? What would you have said to that question, that your life is fill in the blank? And, and for most of us, I think I can answer, uh, at least for me, a lot of days, if I'm not paying attention, not really thinking about it, spiritually speaking, uh, then I, I might say, well, my, my life is, uh, you know, work, and I got a family, and, you know, these, these things, you know. And suddenly, it comes into focus, why it's so important for Paul in verse 1, to say, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. He's saying, hey, wake, wake up. I'm shaking you right now. Like, come on. Like, you gotta, you got to know that in Christ, that is your life. That is your life. And not only is it your life, but it is your hope. How do we know that? Because Colossians 1.27 taught us that weeks and weeks ago. Colossians 1.27 says this, To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery. Here you go. Which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. The hope of glory. What are you putting hope in right now? Where's our hope? Is it in the stock market? Huh, I don't think so. Our hope is in Jesus. Our hope is in Jesus. Why? Because Christ is our life. Jesus is our life. 
So when Paul says, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. That is our eternal nail in the coffin, no pun intended, uh, that in eternity, he's got our backs. That we will appear with him as we have died this death, been given a new life, and that old life went with him on the cross, buried into the ground, and as he was raised to life, has given us new life and has given us the ability to defeat death. Why? Because he loves us. Because he cares for us. Because he knows, God knew, that our hope needed to be in Jesus, that our our hope couldn't be in the things that are here How much more proof do we need of that than right now? Our hope has to be in Jesus. And our hope is in Jesus, which is, going back to Colossians 1.27, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. I'll throw this one at you. Philippians 1.21, For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. This is the opposite of a life that is built around things, building things, and acquiring possessions, and uh, accomplishments, and titles. But let me say this. It doesn't mean that we're not called to strive to do well. We are called to strive and do things well. And it means that the things that matter to us are not necessarily always the things that we're doing in that moment, but they are the things above. And those two things can live together. That we can strive to do things well here and now, and that the things that are most important to us can be the things that are above. And if that were not true then there would never be Christian whatevers. Pick your flavor. There would never be Christian dentists. There would never be Christian construction workers. There would never be uh, Christian race car drivers. God is calling us to be light into a world of darkness. But it requires our concentration of what matters. And that means that our concentration has to be on things that are from above. And again, it doesn't mean we don't enjoy the gifts of what God has allowed us to have now or the things that we get to do while we're here. We are called to enjoy those things and we are called to work hard and we are called to do our best at those things. But we are called to do them and give glory to him along the way. You say, Chris, what's that even mean? Give glory to him along the way. Here's what it means. To make him known. To make him known. That other people would see Jesus in us. That they might know Jesus because they know us. Setting our minds on things above is something that we have to deliberately do. For work, for play, for whatever, we choose to think on these things. 
We choose to think on these things. You want some things to think about? Want some things to think on? Philippians 4.8. Here you go. Philippians 4.8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. If you just, I, I, I challenge you this week, take, take the Philippians 4.8 verse, okay, and, and break down those things that we are to think about, that he calls us to think about right there. And let, I'm just going to take the first one. I'm not even going to talk about the others. But I'm just going to take the, the first one. How different would our lives look right now if we spent time deliberately choosing to concentrate on the things that are true? God's truths. How would that change us right now? What would that do for us right now? How would that, how would that completely change our attitude about all things going on right now? We have been made new. And there's so many amazing things that come with that statement that we don't even have the time for. And again, Satan doesn't want us to see that. He wants us to believe that we are the old and we are not the old. We are new, made new in Christ. He has died and we died with him that we might have life with him. So the question is, what is always on your mind? And what happens when what is always on your mind changes to the things of God, the things above, the things of Jesus and his mission in this place, on this planet, while we're still here. Like, what's he put us for? What is our purpose? Those are pieces of that puzzle. And that's a, that's a mind shift for a lot of us today. To ask ourselves what is always on our mind and to say, you know, the things of God should be on my mind. And that sounds very Sunday school answer. Well, take it, take it to life, take it real time, and then it becomes our purpose. What is my purpose here? What does God want to do with me while I'm here? How does he want to use me in the lives of others? When those things take the place of whatever we had there before, we begin to commune with the Lord. We begin to spend time with Him day in and day out, and it changes those conversations, and it changes how we do our jobs, and all the things. It changes us as parents, as siblings, as sons and daughters, as friends, as workers. It just changes us. We become light. So this morning, don't be overwhelmed by this because it's fairly simple. It's really simple, actually. We can seek and we can set our minds on the things of God. We can seek the things of God. We can set our minds on the things of God. And we can put our hope into the things of God. How does it start? I think it starts with a prayer. I think if that's really what you want to do, 
I think you start with a prayer. I think you start with seeking Him. I think you start with right now. Saying, God, I know I've been missing it. And, and look, just so you know, I'm not here for a guilt trip. I'm here just to try to lead people back to the Lord where so many of us, and I include me in that, we stray away, right? But I think for us to come back and say, Lord, help me. Help me focus my heart on you. Help me to focus my life on the things that you have put me here for and show me what those things are. Begin to open my eyes to what those things are. Ask him for help. Lean in on him. Lean in for his guidance to move us through all of it. Then, when he's the one in our purpose, he will be the one that's always on our mind. This morning, if you've never trusted Jesus, I pray that I pray that today would be the day. I pray that you would listen to God speak in your heart. That's not me, okay? And if he's speaking to your heart, I pray that you would listen to him. And I pray that you would respond. Respond and say, God, I know. I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I have failed you. God, would you forgive me? Scripture teaches us to confess our sin. Son, Jesus, to die for us on the cross. He loves you. He created you. He has a purpose for you. Let him do the work in you and through you that you cannot do for yourself and I couldn't do it for myself either and I still can't. We have to continuously lean in on him for his guidance and his leading. For those of us that are believers this morning, may we be challenged with the thought of what is always on our mind. And may the answer of that question always lead us back to being reminded that God wants to be on our mind. His things, His truth, all those things in Philippians 4.8, that if we, could, if we could pursue Him, if we will pursue Him, if we will seek Him, set our minds on Him, put our hope in Him, our lives will be changed. And so will our hearts. Let's pray together. God, amazing truth is exactly that. It is absolutely amazing. God, and we don't deserve it. And Lord, I I pray, Lord, that your grace, as we know, abounds, and it is bigger than anything, Lord, that we've ever done in our past. God, I pray for anyone listening to this, Lord, that still believes that they can never overcome their past, God, I pray, Lord, that you would allow them to see the truth of your saving grace, not because anyone can earn it, but because, God, you give it freely. You give it freely to all who believe. And, God, I pray that today that there would people who have never believed in you, that they would believe in you today that you would save their souls that you would bring them new life. God, that you would work in their hearts. God, I pray that they would put all trust and faith in you. Lord, they don't have to have it all figured out. Lord, none of us do. But God, we know this. 
We know that our hope is in you. And God, we thank you for what you've done. We thank you for sending Jesus to die for us. God, help us as your people to be a people that can set our minds on you, that we would seek you. And God, that our hope wouldn't be found anywhere other than you. Lord, thank you for all that you've done for us. Thank you for your son, Jesus. We pray all this in his name. Amen.